Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. I couldn't meditate my way into feeling okay. All of this tension and anxiety and stress and fear just started compounding in my system. Unworthiness and all the feelings of not being in the right place or not being accepted. I remember not wanting to practice yoga anymore and not wanting to meditate. And I allowed that anxiety and that pressure to just release. And it released through the catalyst of my breath into these organic spiraling shapes that I have never done before in my life. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, oh, okay, I feel a lot more grounded right now. So I started practicing in public at the beach and at the park, and I didn't really care what people were thinking of me. Every time I opened my eyes, I had a group of people, all walks of life, looking at me going, my gosh, what are you doing? That looks so amazing. I want to try that. It was enough times, enough people for me to get the message. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I need to be sharing it. I would just get very ethereal, and I was like, we're making energetic mandalas. My partner, Samuel, he goes, darling, how about getting people to be feel less stressed. So perfect. <laughs> people just need to be less stressed. And so how can we help them move through that in a natural, organic way versus the other methods that we use? I'm holding this dear in my heart that it will be the next Pilates or the next yoga, something that everyone is doing and saying, oh, I'm just going to Guanjing. Have a way of releasing stress and tension and anxiety and share it with others so that people can also feel better. So I would say uh, we're on we're on day two of the amazing Bee Fest 2023 here at, at Palmaya. This place is amazing. So beautiful. Oh my gosh! It's like, like its own town. It is, <laughs> and but but not but intimate, but not big. Right there is. I mean, we're in this building right now, which is beautiful. This where we're recording is the library, and it's just a little tucked away spot that I'm sure not many people know about. No, I had no idea where it was. <laughs> yeah, neither, <laughs> neither did Peyton. She's like, where is she trying to call me? And I couldn't hear her. And it's like, oh, babe, I'm trying to set up here. But y'all finally made it. Finally made it. Yeah. Yeah. So we met last year at Bee Fest in Zion National Park, which again, beautiful, amazing. And I was blown away watching you perform. I, I think I shared this with you last year, but the thing that stood out to me, it's just so funny as I think about it now, because what happened to my foot, <laughs> was just watching your feet in, um, in doing, so it's the Guanjing method, mm -hmm. which you created, and we'll get into all of that, but I couldn't stop watching your feet and... For for me, it was a bunch of things, but it was um, such a deep presence with every part of your body that needed to be engaged with what you were doing. No, it 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 mm. was stunning. And then your feet are just like I'm, I'm not a feet person at all, <laughs> and I don't have good looking feet. My daughter tells me that all the time. My grippers, she calls them. But you have beautiful feet and I can just, was just amazed at how powerful and elegant you just, it was a beautiful balance of, of all that. So 
Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it, it the whole body is in motion as you're bringing the awareness to the breath and the vehicle of that life force energy. And um, I want to, this is why I, t- I began Guanjing Method is to share with everyone the beauty of becoming this ebbing, flowing being that is so connected to the elements of nature and connected to ourselves soulfully, um, physically, emotionally. Mm, And last year you taught a workshop and, and took us each through several different movements and I mean, look, we were talking about this before we got on, but that there there needs to be balance in life. And for me, it's much more on the strength side and the movement, flexibility, mobility is is really lacking. But I was able to go through the movements in a way that worked for me. And I think that's what was, you know, yoga has been challenging for me. I haven't, I haven't really uh, been drawn to it as much. But I felt there was like this acceptance of wherever you're at, there is a way for you to experience um, the movement and the breath. I guess that was the other thing that was, you know, this word breath has been coming up a lot for me lately. And it's, it has been the thing that I've, I haven't necessarily resisted, but I'm like, I'll get to that. You know, (laughs) when I get to it, I've got other things to attend to, but um, there's such an incorporation of, of all these different, things. And I'd love to just know how the hell did you create this (laughs) as, as a starter? Um, well, I'll begin with, um, where I began my personal journey and path towards healing and more self-awareness. And that was, um, I grew up in, um, in a difficult childhood, a lot of struggles internally with my family and externally with just social acceptance of who I was and and not knowing my place in the world. And that created a lot of self-destructive habits, self-sabotage, um, not being with people who actually cared about me because I didn't actually care about myself. And once I took, I remember taking my very first hot yoga class. And I remember afterwards feeling, oh my gosh, I can do anything if I can do that posture. Like I can, I can do anything. And that was the catalyst to uh, my path into yoga. So I became certified to teach. And then I was hosting and facilitating yoga teacher trainings in Bali for about four or five years. And from there, I founded my, um, my meditation retreat center out there. How old were you when you started your yoga practice? Mm, I would say, ironically, my mother was practicing with, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but Brian Kest was like one of the founding um, people who westernized uh, yoga. And so I would watch his videotapes when there were still videotapes. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching that when I was little, like maybe 15, 16, but I didn't really get into it until I was maybe about 21. And from there, I started practicing every day and that became my, my world. I was so, my ego and my identity was so just defined by me, the yoga teacher, the meditation teacher, hosting and facilitating practices. And, um, it was a very narrow, I became very narrow in that field of like, this is my path. And when I came to LA, 
And I thought, oh, I'm just going to easily transition my business over. Um, it turns out that not a lot of people wanted to have host a, have a meditation retreat in Los Angeles. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's other people that were successful, but I didn't. I was not successful in that. And all the doorways to yoga and to meditation just closed for me. And I was freaking out. I had, I remember having only $500 to my name and in a city like Los Angeles, where everything is just triple the cost and all of this tension and anxiety and stress and fear just started compounding in my system. And it was all the feelings of unworthiness and all the feelings of not being um, in the right place or not being accepted just started flashing back into my body. And Mm. I remember sitting, um, I was, I'm still in Topanga Canyon, but sitting in front of this beautiful, beautiful space. And I've always been really lucky where I would, I would have a nice grounded place for me to be in during these times of just stress and uh, vulnerability. And I remember not wanting to practice yoga anymore and not wanting to meditate. Like I had zero desire and I closed my eyes and I had no idea what to do. I couldn't cry anymore. I couldn't um, meditate my way into feeling okay. I could, and it was interesting even looking for regular jobs, like a waitressing job, or I remember trying, trying even lift and stuff like that. It just wasn't working. And so I sat down because I had all this free time now and I allowed that anxiety and that pressure to just release. And it released through the catalyst of my breath into these organic spiraling shapes that I have never done before in my life. And I had no idea what I, what I was doing, but I, after I finished, I remember it was, it was a ceremony. It was a ritual. And I felt so, so much more peace and space and trust. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that I, I feel a lot more grounded right now. And um, so I started practicing at the, in public at the beach and at the park. And I didn't really care what people were thinking of me. Uh, I had no idea what I looked like either. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to cover up, make sure I'm all nice and covered and just do my thing. And I remember every time I opened my eyes, I had a group of people, elderly and children and all walks of life, looking at me going, oh my gosh, what are you doing? That looks so amazing. I want to try that. And I would just laugh and say, I have, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have, I don't know, but it was enough times, enough people for me to, for me to get the message. Oh, this is a message from the universe. I need to be sharing this with other people. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I need to be sharing it. And so I just reverse engineered it and started to film myself and I realized, oh, this movement, I keep doing this one. I can teach that. That's really easy. And I started breaking down what I was doing in small sections, realizing that each movement could interlink with the other movement and they could be switched around and it could be a beautiful dance. Um, And so that's what people witness when they see me perform are, is a, collection of these micro mini movements, which I call basic forms in the Guanjing method that is really simple, easy to, easy to learn. And it comes with a visualization of imagery of the energy moving through the body as you are connected 
to the breath and the breath is a lead dance partner for that energy to move through the vessel of the body. So that's how it was formed. Amazing. How long did it take you like once it was birthed in that moment for you to, to start to invite people into sharing it with them in a kind of a more practical, it's time to earn some money way. <laughs> that was the hardest part. That was definitely the hardest part. And I love talking about this because my, you know, my partner, Samuel, he was such a wonderful space holder for me in that because I would just get very ethereal and I was like, we're making energetic mandalas. And he goes, darling, how about we just, how about getting people to be feel less stressed? <laughs> <laughs> So perfect. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't sound as fun as energetic mandalas. <laughs> and, you know, obviously the energetic mandalas thing did not work. <laughs> if you look on my website, nowhere does it say energetic mandalas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a reversal of like, okay, I really need to meet people where they are. Mm. And I didn't want it to feel exclusive and I wanted to feel inclusive of anybody that is going through challenges in their life. Um, and so it was a, it was a fine tuning of, all right, let's really just change the verbiage so that it's approachable for everyone. So Guanjing method, meditative movements for, to bring full life and vitality back into the body. And that's just what it, and because that is what it is. Um, and so just getting people to be invited to have fun with the movements, which they are really fun to, to learn and to practice. Um, and it's easy, just step-by-step, step, just learn one movement and then we move on. And then once you get to learn at least three, we get to play with it. And that's what we'll learn here at, in the workshops. Yeah, it is. Like I said, uh, last year was really such a, a beautiful experience to to be able to connect the different movements because again, in my mind, I, you know, that I can't do this stuff. And then through, you know, obviously the beautiful coaching and seeing others, you know, struggle in a, in a very beautiful way. And then to finally get everything moving with the breath. And it's like this sense of like, I can do this. And I know for me, it's very much in the strength side to, to invite another piece in to create, you know, better balance and harmony. And we were talking about this before we got on and I, I'd love for you to speak more about what balance means and what people may not understand about you. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, um, I will actually, let's just like talk about how funny what it was actually when I thought that this podcast was, I totally spaced out and then um, having, being at the gym and actually lifting weights and feeling so strong and sweating and then realizing, oh, I have this podcast and running here and being sitting on this chair with you. Um, it's really important to dance between the polarities of life. You know, it, nothing is good or bad. Strength training and, and having a strong body is not good or bad. Being super flexible is not good or bad. Um, being still and feeling a little bit lethargic and just feeling slow is not bad. And also being up and always out and about. It's just being able to take yourself between those two so that you are in a state of balance. The dance between the two is how we create balance in our lives. Um, and so for me, the optimal balance is when we find that strength and stability 
through the engagement of the muscles and learning how our muscles work so that we are stay safe while we are practicing the flexibility and the mobility. And of course, coming back to the breath, allowing the breath to be the catalyst for that engagement, for that enlivenment of not only the muscles, but the joints, the mobility, and allowing the breath to connect it all so that you have a sense of empowerment and a sense of stability within you. And now the name, it comes, it's, it's your last name and Jing, how does that work together? Yes, yeah, so um, Guan has many, many different meanings in um Mandarin, but one of the meanings is mountain pass and Jing is one of the three treasures in Chinese medicine. So we have Shen, which is our soul. We have Qi, which is the life force energy. And we have Jing, which is our essence. It is the primordial um, energy that lays within our kidney system. And you want to think of Jing more as the savings, savings account to your life. So with Qi, you can always bring more chi in, cultivate it. With jing, it slowly degrades with age. And so learning how to preserve and nourish our jing is uh, one of the ways for longevity, the greatest ways of longevity. And guan jing means the essence or the spirit of the mountain pass, moving through life with the graciousness as the wind and the water flow through the most challenging mountains, the most challenging life situations, having the ability to get that curveball in life and not be thrown off balance by it, right? But to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to redirect myself and just carry that energy in a way where I'm not forcing anything or going against the current, but inviting my own energy to find a way to flow and bring harmony back. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Well, tell me this, since we, we last saw each other, it's been a year. Have you gone through any challenging periods where you really, maybe at first, didn't um, invite in, <laughs> right? The, the, not only the experience, but your ability to move through it with Guang Jing. Mm. Was there anything that, so I think it's important for people to understand that A, we're all human. And even though we have these resources readily available, I mean, you created the damn thing. <laughs> It's not always our go-to. It's like yeah. there's the resistance that this isn't really happening. And I'm only kind of speaking from my own experience, but yeah. I just know that when I finally awaken to, oh, I'm doing that thing again, let's just allow it to come in. Let's accept this is where we're at and then move through it. Mm, yeah. There's, I mean, of course, there's many different, everyone has their own triggers, right? That told us totally throw us out of our own awareness and back into those patterns of just protection. That's how we protected ourselves. And there's like a few that I can think of. One is I have such re resistance with um, doing anything digital for my business, anything like automations and having to deal with like funnels and email campaigns and coding and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there with um, someone I'm working with and I just feel like a little kid being like, I don't and then just be like, okay, you know what? You're, Ting, you're always moving. So how about you sit still 
and be present because this is what's going to help your business grow and learn all this stuff because it's not torturous, but it requires a certain amount of energy and concentration to understand what's going on. And don't you, and I'm saying to myself, don't you want to know the very deep, deepest inner workings of like your business in from that, that point of how you connect with others digitally, because that's how we're meeting most people now through Instagram or finding someone through a website or, you know, whatever have you. Um, so that's one of the things. And then of course, when I face something challenging um, in a relationship situation or just, you know, with family dynamics or even something that's like silly, like getting stuck in traffic or, you know, a road blockage. I just, I do have that like, oh, like, and then I take a deep breath and you, and I invite play and laughter into it. Mm. It's so important to invite play into your life, especially when something starts to piss you off because with, without the play, like the play is the complete opposite of the anger and, and feeling frustrated, right? The moment that you just invite this sense of laughter and be like, oh crap, well, this isn't going to work. And just, it's, it just shifts everything and it becomes fun. It just becomes like, okay, what are we going to do now? You know, I remember (laughs) quick story. Um, I'm headed to Envision with my friend and it's a four hour drive to get to Uvita and we're 45 minutes away. And there's this like road with a, a bridge and there's this giant mound of, of pebbles, like large, medium to large size pebbles. And it says like no crossing. We look at each other and we just driven three hours and we only have the 45 minutes to go. And we're like, Oh my God. And we just drove down this crazy mountain, like side, all rickety off-roading. And I was like, okay, you know what? We're just going to move it all. We're just going to move it all. No. <laughs> so, so we're, we don't have any equipment. We are using our flip-flops and we are just cracked up laughing because we're moving, flat, trying to flatten all of these rocks so we can go over it with our, we're like, we're just going to test out this four by four. Yes. And we're halfway up this thing. We're going off and I'm, I'm looking at her. I'm like this, I feel like we're going to just fall off the side of this bridge right now. And we're like, oh, getting all frustrated. Oh, and she goes, no way. We look over the side. There's literally a road around. No. <laughs> have to laugh. You just have yeah. to laugh in those situations and just be in that acceptance, right? The joy is acceptance of what life hands you. Mm, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, I needed to practice a little bit of that yesterday. I was a little tired from kind of didn't sleep a lot the night before we traveled and Peyton was in such a playful mood and wanted to take pictures and <laughs> of me, right? And so, <laughs> But she knows that I'm not a big fan of anyway. And it just, <laughs> God bless her. I finally, it's just like, she's having so much fun. Like I just need to kind of just go along with it and try to find that, that energy to be playful. Cause that's all she was experiencing. Like, this is fun. I want to take pictures. I love you. And, uh, yeah. but I was in my own shit. Like I'm tired. Yeah. Another picture. <laughs> what? I got to walk closer to you. I mean, <laughs> come on. Can we just do this later? <laughs> We're going to be here for five days. <laughs> but I finally got over myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's the hardest part is just deciding to shift from the grumpy, the grumpiness into that play and, and just 
you have to choose, right? And there's so many beautiful reminders, you know, in in movies and just in examples in real life that that remind you of how precious life is and how fast time goes. And looking back at our lives, like how many times do you want to see how you picked just being angry or annoyed or, you know, to frustrate your partner or whatever have you, or do you want to look back at your life and say, oh, you know what? I chose play. Like that's the best decision I could have made. Even if it didn't turn out the way I wanted to at the end, I chose what was best for my health, which was the ultimate thing that kill is killing us is stress. Yeah. Choosing not to be stressed. And there's definitely times where, yes, I do get stressed. Well, <laughs> perfect example was last night you lost a, a, a very special, beautiful ring uh, during the ceremony. And obviously you weren't happy that it had happened, but I felt like the way you handled it, there was that bit of like, oh, this is just kind of what's happening right now. And your spirit was still very much um, lifted in the experience of like trying to find the damn ring. <laughs> so what kind of, can you share a little bit about what maybe was going through your mind at this point? Yeah. I'm always someone that looks for signs and symbolism. And um, I know that there is always a message that the greater good of this universe is all consistently sending us that a lot of times we block from, from our stress and our frustration that all blocks it. Um, and so yesterday, I remember when the um, shaman was speaking, one of the things that really stood out to me, what he said was, in order to receive, you must give. And not even five minutes later, I looked down, I'm like, oh my God, where's my, my, my ring from, from uh, Egypt? Uh, and it was Isis. And I was getting at this flush of like, oh my goodness, where is this ring? And getting a little bit frantic and looking for it. And then I look up and I see this vulture just like soaring over us in these circles. And, and I was like, oh my God, there's Isis in the sky right now. This is Isis because she becomes a vulture. Oh, yeah. Know that. Yes. Uh, she becomes a vulture so that she's, <laughs> I know, isn't it crazy? So that she can look Damn. for Osiris, her her lover's body, because he's, his body parts were thrown all over Egypt. That's oh. one of the stories of Isis uh, because vultures smell the dead. And um, I just sat there and, and meanwhile, these incredible workers, they're helping me with the metal detectors and the rakes and they're literally combing the entire beach. And I, I go, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. I, this is my gift. This is my gift. And if it's meant to come back to me, it'll come back to me. If not, then it's not a big deal. It's, I, I'd rather have this go than like someone being hurt or like it, whatever it is, if that's the thing that needs to be gifted to this land, then I'm totally okay with that. Um, and so the acceptance of like, just not Material things don't matter at the end of the day. It's it's what they meant to you and holding that that memory and that message within you that's important. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I, I, I felt that you were kind of transitioning to that at some point last night. Like it's just, I had it for the reminder that it's about the experience and how it made you feel. And it's not the material thing, which we are. I think a lot of us are just drawn to like that thing and we mm. need to get that thing back. Mm -hmm. So we haven't found it yet. Yeah. No, yeah. not yet. 
no, yeah. no, yeah, it's okay. I, I'm going back to Egypt, so <laughs> yeah, I can get another ISIS ring. <laughs> Let's talk about Egypt. You've been there multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's drawn you there? Oh, I never expected to be on that land, and it was such divine. Actually, I was in Tulum, um, an hour away from here, when I ran into a dear, dear friend of mine that I hadn't seen since the my teacher trainings in in Bali. And we ran into each other immediately, just like, don't skip a beat. And she goes, why don't we host a retreat in Egypt? Let's do it. And I say, wow, okay. Well, I never thought about Egypt, but let's, okay, let's do it. And um, it just clicked instantaneously and people said, yes, I want to go. And so we've been going back every six months. Um, The energy, I feel like Egypt drew me to the land. I, it wasn't really on my radar, but the ancient wisdom that the temple spaces hold is so powerful and it affects everyone in such a different way because the message from the gods and goddesses, they all have different messages for different people. And the, it's like when I look at the hieroglyphs, I see, I don't look at them as Yes, you can look at them individually, but I look at it as if I'm looking at a magic eye and it's, it's this invocation that comes through. And I feel like everyone, when they do that, experiences a different thing. And so this invocation comes through and this message that isn't of words, but of feeling comes through. Um, and so I feel it's definitely a period of my life where I'm meant to share that with others and including on the boat with Guanjing and sound healing and um, these beautiful live uh, on, on the Nile concert experiences. Um, it's, it's really special. And we have private permissions to the Great Pyramids, the Sphinx and many other temple spaces. Whereas a lot of times if you go in public to these temples, they don't allow you to meditate or sing or dance. You'll get arrested or they'll kick you out. However, if you have the private permissions, you're allowed to host a meditation and host a group of people into a deeper spiritual experience. Can you speak to, and I've heard about this before from some friends who've been there and they've done sound baths and singing in these sacred temples. And just the activation of what happens is like mind blowing. Oh my goodness. Uh, Yes. It's, you know, I want to share the uh, proper way to be in the temple space uh, in order for it to be activated. So we must first ask permission to enter the temple space. A lot of people when they're on their like little touristy things, people are just flooding in, taking photos. There's guys holding flags, like bringing in like 60 people at a time, you know, and there's not this awareness of what this each place was about. You know, there, when the ancient Egyptians entered, it was a ceremony. It was an intentional reason why they entered into these places. And so our group has that intention of, okay, like this Hathor temple, this is the goddess of love, of celebration, of music, you know, bringing, bringing our music and gifting it. That's the second step, asking permission and then gifting our energy back into the temples, right? We, in order to receive, we must give. And um, a lot of times people just go in and just do their thing, but they don't give back. We have to give the energy into the temple spaces and send our love because it's been so depleted 
from people just taking photos and depleted from people just coming in and all of these different things. Um, and so after we give the energy back, that's when we co-create with the temple space through invocation of sound and music and through stillness and silence. It's really important to find that inner stillness and allow the energy of the temple space share with you whatever message your soul is asking to receive. And, um, and so that's sort of the, the path of, of each space and including the great pyramids. Um, and the journey within each one is so unique, uh, including the location of where it is, if it's in upper Nile, lower Nile, a lot of times the, most of the temple spaces in upper Nile have been moved because of the dam that they built. And so not only um, the crocodiles aren't able to flow down the river, but it started to flood the temple spaces. So they literally had to move these giant massive structures into another space, which sort of distorts the energy and shifts, shifts it. Um, I hope I don't get in trouble saying any of this, but you know, this is all like, this is all like news, you know, it's all over. It's out it's there. It's all out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. So you, how long have you and Samuel J been performing together? We've been together four years, so around four years. Yeah. And did you start as partners or start working together? We started as partners. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like when there's, um, there's a little tension between you two and you're about to go on stage. <laughs> it's always like, well, it, it's, it quickly disperses because we know it's not really us getting into like a thing. It's more um, stress of making sure everything runs smoothly. And so when we, when we're like, get this thing or like, babe, now, now we, afterwards we just laugh and we're like, babe, come on. <laughs> like, I thought you told me by now that we should be doing this. And we just, we just have a laugh afterwards. Okay. And, um, it is, it is a I mean, Samuel has, I give him so much credit for how much he has to do. There are so many chords and plugs and sound check and mics and, you know, all the things. Plus he has to perform and practice and tune his guitar. And then I just have to put on a pretty outfit and just share the <laughs> dance. <laughs> <laughs> and the dance that you do, it's different every time. Yeah. You just feel into the experience. Yeah. I feel into the experience. And um, I, I would say that it's a movement ceremony um, with the words and the music. It allows me to expand that energy of whatever, whatever um, sort of beautiful lyrics are coming through and the sounds that are coming through. And I, allow my body to amplify that experience through my movements to share and gift it with others and to allow people to also feel free to express in their own bodies. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How is the, uh, when is the workshop this week? Uh, Friday and Saturday. Oh, you've, you're doing two. I'm doing two. And are they different or are they just for, um, people who can make one versus the other? I think I'm going to do both. I will go, will learn a set, a set series. And then if I see the same amount of the same people, we'll add on. And if not, we'll learn new ones, but then I'll slowly be like, you know, if, 
you remember the ones from before you can add on. And so it could be a little play with, with both. Yeah. And I'm excited to share, you know, again, it's really important. The breath is so, so important to, to connect ourselves to the energy because the breath is what allows life force energy to enter into our bodies. And that's why it's so important to practice breath Mm. and not just any breath, a full, smooth, rhythmic tide of breath. There's, I'm sure you've heard of Wim Hof and all these different breath techniques. And a lot of times that overstimulates the sympathetic nervous system. So we have the parasympathetic nervous system that is at the rib cage and below. And then we have the sympathetic at the rib cage above. And parasympathetic is our rest and digest. Our sympathetic is our fight or flight. And neither again is good nor bad. It is a dance between the two, a rhythmic balance interchange between opposites. Um, And So having that dance between the two allows us to relax and regulate the nervous system. And the body is an unconscious mind. And so when we bring our breath and our awareness to the fullness, we allow the breath to scan through the unconscious mind. And it starts to bring things to the surface. It starts to, I like to say, it starts to kick up the dust a little bit. And as you're kicking up the dust, you want to move it, right? So then Mm. the movement becomes a way of allowing our vessel, manipulating the structure of our body so that we're able to dispel the dust, the the stagnant energy, and then having then our intentional awareness of where that's going so that we can more fully and more powerfully viscerally see that and experience that leaving the body and transforming that stagnation, that suffering, that trauma into renewed life force energy because energy is neither created nor destroyed, right? It's only transformed. Um, And so that's what we're experiencing as we practice Guanjing. And I like to think of the body as a river and having the stagnant energy is more like the big boulders that sort of block energy. And there's, you know, the murky parts of the river that are kind of like getting mold and, and a little funky. And then we have the water, which is the chi, the energy flowing through and, and then just gently moving away those boulders, letting the water wash over that stagnation. So we have this beautiful effortless stream fluidity flowing through us. Well, for people who aren't here this weekend, how, how can they work with you? I know you have several different offerings. Yes, yes. What does that look like? So the easiest way to experience Guanjing would be to go online. Uh, there is a free intro class on the guanjingmethod.com and you just subscribe and you get your free intro class so that you have, it's an hour long. Um, for those of you who uh, would like to experience this in person, I have Egypt retreats every six months. It's on the website as well. And then teacher trainings in Bali and also online. Um, I would say the the best way to to have the full experience, and if you don't have the time to go out somewhere or, or to go to Egypt or go to Bali, um, is to do the online experiences because they are really powerful. Even though you're at home, you know, for me the best way to create more movement in life is to incorporate it in my life, right? You have to make space for it. So for me, not moving is like not brushing my teeth. I have to have a way of bringing energy into my body. And so when you learn to practice this 
um, through the online experience, the membership or the online immersion, you then create that space in your own home. So then it becomes a regular practice for you. That's the consistency is important. Not just doing it once. Um, consistency is everything, even in strength training, right? Yeah. Um, you won't see results if you're not doing it regularly. So making space, carving out even 20 minutes. I have things on my online membership that's like 10, 20 minutes that will drastically change how you move throughout the day. Oh, beautiful. So the the the, the intro uh, video is an hour long and mm-hmm. that probably gives a lot of context for what's going on mm-hmm. and but throughout there are opportunities to do shorter sessions and longer ones. Yes, within the online portal, there's a monthly membership where you can pick any class you want. It has themes like, oh, if you want to just relax or maybe it's uh, you're going through your menstrual cycle or there's one that's just, if you don't even want to get off off the ground, there's one that's just for laying down the whole time. And Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Moods for, or classes for every mood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great way to experience how to bring vitality, even if you don't even get up off the floor. And what's the teacher training look like? The teacher training is three weeks long. It is 12 hour days and we go deep very, very deep into not just the movement, but also Chinese medicine into anatomy. Um, There's so many opportunities to refine the movements of the body and everyone takes a good look at what's going on in the structure in their own body so that they're able to understand uh, how to teach others. Um, We also teach uh, how to adjust people properly and also give people, tools and techniques to become an effective and powerful teacher. Okay. So we went over how this was birthed. It was very kind of intuitive. And do you have a background in anatomy? Like how did, did you have to learn this Chinese medicine? Like where does all this come from? (laughs) Um, I'm not going to be teaching the Chinese medicine part. I'm going to have people, um, I have incredible Chinese medicine doctor and an anatomy specialist coming on board. But I do know the, um, you know, the basics of each one of those. I'm definitely no expert. I'm in the midst of learning more myself. And that's also an opportunity for the teacher training to just immerse deeper into, there's so many roots of Chinese medicine too, you know, the, the acupuncture and then as well as massage, as well as the herbs and tinctures and then the elements. And, and so working with all of that and bringing that together with how to utilize it in everyday life, um, it can be, it can seem overwhelming, but it's actually not, it's very doable. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Um, I want to know if there was anything, any questions from maybe we have a, a live audience here. Does anybody have any questions or thoughts that they uh, wanted to share? It's okay if it's no. <laughs> yes, Ben. What does the future of you look like? Where are you going? Where am I going? Mm, I am, well, I'm holding this dear in my heart that it will be the next Pilates or the next yoga or just um, something that everyone is doing and saying, oh, I'm just going to Guanjing. You know, I'm just going to get my chi flowing. Um, it's a lot, a lot of this inspiration actually comes from Joseph Pilates. I mean, he was just a singular man creating movements that helped him feel better. And now it's a worldwide experience. And so his story 
touches my heart because that's how, that's what I feel like I've been initiated through is just feeling, wanting to have a way of releasing stress and tension and, and anxiety and share it with others so that people can also feel better. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Re- really playful way to deal with the, the everyday stresses of our life. And I think that's what I loved about when I was looking at some of the work you've done and Samuel J put it perfectly. It's like people just need to be less stressed. And so how <laughs> can we help them move through that in a, in a natural organic way versus the other methods that we use? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the world is, is not operating in a way where it allows us to feel less stressed. So many things that are, you know, just going through the airport is really stressful or just other people's energy and the way that the cities are designed and all these different things. So what can you do within yourself to maintain a sense of homeostasis and that, and that homeostasis will allow you to live a longer and more fulfilled life. Mm, it's interesting. I started working with someone recently who's a, it's like an HRV coach, right? Uh, heart rate variability. It's, it's more than that, but at the very heart of it, it's like, how do we build up my, my energy center? And one of the things he's recommended is a, a, a movement yoga type practice. And I feel like this is happening at just the right time for me to step into Guangjing and really play with that. And uh, yes. I'm really excited about that opportunity. Yes, yes, I know. Having another chance to test it out again. And I always say we, we even as we meet people where they are, we must meet ourselves where we are and having that acceptance of not feeling judgmental about ourselves. And I get this question a lot is, oh, how do you, how are you able to dance without like, as if no one's watching and it's, it's going internally and not, and just letting everything go into the background and just feeling, allowing your body to feel good. Like it does this movement feel good to me? What is allowing me to feel, am I relaxing my head enough when I do this? Am I holding tension? Cause I'm looking up cause I'm worried about what other people are doing or am I allowing myself to actually drop in to the energy and how I feel. Um, and so that's really, well, I'll discuss it more in the workshop, but it's really important to drop into that inner space. Well, that's awesome. Melinda, did you have a question? Yeah. Yeah, for those who couldn't quite hear it because of the microphone, um, Melinda was just commenting on how last year there's a group of 30 to 40 people that Ting would take through the workshop. And in the beginning, you could see everyone was really trying to make out their own way and figure it out in all different levels. And by the end, everybody was in some sort of beautiful flow. It's like, how the hell did this all happen? It was because <laughs> of the way you walked us through it. And really had the acceptance of you're going to find your own way. And then 
was able to find the practices that we could all do together. Mm, Yes. And everyone started to allow themselves to just drop into, again, that space of themselves and like, oh, okay, I can do this. Oh, this is a new movement, but it's kind of playful and it's kind of fun. And um, it, it's, yeah, allowing and then having that energy within us and then seeing other people in that energy just recirculates back. Yeah. yeah. And it's helpful too. You get to kind of see, cause you can't see yourself and like, am I doing it right? <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I, I invite anyone to, who's at all interested to go check out, um, and what's the name of the website again? It's guanjingmethod.com. Perfect. And we'll have links to that in the show notes, but, um, yeah, beautiful practice, beautiful human. Is there anything else you want to share Thank with us you. or anything that's coming up? Um, I would just say, you know, anytime that you feel, anybody feels turbulent or challenged or unstable, it's really important to come back to the space of the heart and allow that heart, your heart's warmth to flood into your fears or to flood into that anxiety. If you can't be, if you can't move or, you know, you're, you're just, you're not in a space where you can move in that way. And that's a really powerful practice to just connect back to the soul's essence because the heart is where the seat of the soul lies and allowing it to, inviting it to just continue to expand and be open and to sink into those parts of you that are struggling um, is really, really powerful. It's a really, really beautiful reminder to have that light in the heart. I needed that. Thank you. (laughs) And where can people find you on Instagram? It's, I, my personal one is one period with period soul. One is spelled out. And then my Guanjing method is just at Guanjing method. Okay. Beautiful. Yes. So amazing to be here. And thank you for having me. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Till next time. Yes. Till next time. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.